Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling one of teachers' biggest problems, and that is how to find work-life balance amidst all the craziness that ensues as being a teacher. We're focusing on overarching principles and productivity tips that will help you get everything done without letting it take over your life. Last week, we discussed eight lies that teachers tell themselves about finding work-life balance. And today, we're going to look at six overarching principles that will help you save time, increase productivity, and finally find balance. Before we get into those principles, I have to tell you where they came from. Angela Watson, I don't know how many of you are familiar with her, she writes at the Cornerstone for Teachers, and she is the creator of the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club. This club has truly been amazing. It just started last October, but even in this short amount of time, it's been changing hundreds, even thousands of teachers' lives. We're going to talk way more about it later, but I just wanted you to know that these principles, especially the first five, are really, uh, they come directly from Angela Watson and her 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, and they really are the focus throughout the club. So I wanted you to know exactly where they came from as we dive into them because they really are incredibly powerful. These are not details. These are overarching principles that can be applied to all areas of teaching and even all areas of your life. And when we do apply them to the different areas, we're going to start to see real changes and start achieving that balance that we need. So let's dive into them. The first principle, number one, is to eliminate unintentional breaks. Now, notice the tip is not to eliminate all breaks. It's to eliminate unintentional breaks. So that means if it's time to work, we're going to work. Um, Some of the things, I don't know about you, some of the things that distract me are Facebook, email, my phone, um, sometimes my mind wanders. Um, There's all kinds of little unintentional breaks. When I was teaching, sometimes someone would pop in and see me, which you can't always control, but we're going to talk a little bit later about some ways uh, that you can control that. Uh, Maybe I'd go talk to someone else. There's just all kinds of ways you can imagine too. Where these unintentional breaks pop in, and that's what we need to be careful about. Now, notice though, intentional breaks can be really good. It can be good to say, I'm going to work for 20 minutes and I'm going to take a five-minute break. That can actually help increase our productivity. But what we want to do is eliminate unintentional breaks and really focus when we want to focus. So number one, tip number one, is to eliminate unintentional breaks. Tip number two is to figure out the main thing and do that first. I didn't understand this principle when I was teaching, but since I've started blogging and writing, this tip has been so helpful for me, and I can easily see how it would be so helpful for teachers as well. Here's how this works. When you think about your day, what you want to do is choose a main thing that's most important to be done. You know, you think, if I do nothing else this day, what one thing do I need to do? Maybe I have got to grade that test or I really need to lesson plan um, you know, Friday's activity or I, I, I've got to talk to these parents I got to, or I got to get report cards done. Whatever it is, think about in the beginning of the day, ask yourself, what is the one thing that I have to get done? And then here's the key, do that 
first. Now, I don't necessarily mean first thing of the day because maybe you have to get things ready and kids are coming in and interrupting you, but the first chunk of time you get, that first piece of time that you actually can sit down and work, do that first and don't let anything interrupt you. You know, too often when we sit down to work, the first thing we do is we check our email and immediately we're off doing things that everyone else wants us to do and we're, we're pushing back that main thing. If you instead focus on that main thing first, even if you have to turn off your email, say, I'll check email later. I'm going to do this main thing first. If you do that main thing first, number one, you'll get it done. That's kind of obvious, but it makes sense, right? Number two, though, you'll feel better about the rest of the day. If you go home and you wished you had five other things on your list that you wish you would have got done, at least you'll know you got the main thing done. And that sense of accomplishment can really help um, help kind of lend that sense of balance. So number one, eliminate unintentional breaks. Number two, figure out the main thing and do that first. Number three, work ahead by batching and avoid multitasking unless the work is mindless. Okay, I was totally guilty. I still am. I am totally a multitasker and I will admit it. I almost feel like I need to go to Multitaskers Anonymous, but I'm realizing that multitasking can actually be extremely detrimental unless, as Angela says, the work is mindless. So what Angela means here is that If you're just, let's say, you know, I I just need to go through and just, you know, mindlessly, like, you know how there's some mindless grading, like I'm just checking and you can watch a TV show and do that. That's fine. Um, But if you really need to focus on something, don't try to focus while you're doing something else. You know, you've got to really focus on what you're working on and only multitask when it truly is mindless work that you don't need to focus on. The other half of that tip was to work ahead by batching. Okay, what batching means is that you take one task that needs to be done and do it at once. So one example that I can give that from, from my own experience is that instead of mul- you know running copies, do you run down, how many times a day do you run down to the copier for copies, okay? Some teachers do great, some teachers batch this, other teachers are constantly running to make copies. I mean, maybe three or four times a day they're in there making copies. What I would try to do is I would make copies once a day, ideally, and sometimes I would even make them for the whole week at once. And so I would go down there, it would take some time, but I would get it all done and I would be ahead. And the reality is when you batch a task together, it takes less time than running down to the copier, you know, 20 times a week. Now that's just one small example, but that principle is true throughout. If you can lesson plan a big chunk at a time, that saves time. If you can grade an entire test in one sitting, you, that will be faster than grading it in multiple in multiple sittings because your your mind is focused on that task and can um, it, and is used to it and that can thus work faster. So tip three is to work ahead by batching and avoid multitasking unless the work is mindless. Tip four I love. It's to look for innovative ways to relax any standards or expectations that create unnecessary work. Okay, here's what we mean by this. Unnecessary standards. These these are not things that um, like are actually like really important. The idea is that sometimes we as teachers... We have these standards for ourselves that we just made up. For example, um, I, I've, I've known teachers that, you know, they'll create this, oh my goodness, I, when they want to create an overhead for their class, they want to get it in a frame. 
and they want to turn it over, and the tape needs to be perfect, perfect right angles of the tape to tape it on the frame, and and the handwriting on the back that no one will ever see needs to be just right. There are things like that. That's kind of an extreme example, but there are all kinds of things that you do in your classroom right now that you have this thing in your mind that it has to be done this way, but it doesn't. So I want to ask you. Is there something in your classroom and in your teaching right now that is taking up a lot of time? And ask yourself, is there a more innovative way? Is there another option? Is there something else I can do? You know, there's a there's some I'm, a teacher I'm thinking about right now that had for you know for her class she really wanted to create. Um, PowerPoints for her class, and she just thought that would be such a great idea to create PowerPoints, but it was taking up so much time. And when I asked her, I, I asked my friend, I said, "You know, why do you feel like you need to do this?" And she just said, "You know, I, I'm, I'm actually leaving after this year, and I want to create these for the next teacher." And here's the thing: that's a great goal. If you sit down and you count the cost and you realize it's worth it, then then great. But if it, you just like we talked about last week, you really have to remind yourself when you're saying yes. To this standard that you have in your mind, you're saying no to something else that might be even more important. So before you dedicate yourself to spending hours on this standard that you have arbitrarily created, make sure it's worth your time, and ask yourself: Is there another way to do this? You know, a lot. Another thing that you can ask yourself, whatever this is. You know, I know teachers who've spent a lot of time like creating these. You know, creating these these. Lessons or something, and ask yourself: Is there a way to give some of this to the students? Maybe the students would benefit by coming up with some of this on their own. It's going to be different. Every teacher is different. Every situation is different. But just ask yourself: Are there ways? Are there things that I these standards that I've set for myself that aren't actually important? If I stopped doing this, would anyone even notice? Would I would I be any less effective if I stopped doing this or if I changed the way I did this? And if you start noticing, just start paying attention to that, and、um, just just counting that cost of what you're saying no to, and just think: is there is there a, a innovative way to to change this, to relax this standard that I've created in my head that's causing all this extra work, and maybe I can free up some time that way. So tip number one was eliminate unintentional breaks. Tip two: figure out the main thing and do it first. The third principle was to work ahead by batching and avoid multitasking unless the work is mindless. Principle four: look for innovative ways to relax any standards that create unnecessary work. Principle five is to use scheduling to create boundaries around your time. This is key. If you、um, don't Plan ahead of time when you're going to work and when you're not. Work will always spill way over into your life. But instead, if you're more intentional about it, if you say, "Okay," if you look at your week and you realistically say, "This is the work I must get done," and these are the times I'm going to do it. I'm going to come in early this day. I'm going to stay late this day. I'm going to set aside an hour at night on Thursday to grade papers. If you schedule that time ahead of time, then you create boundaries around your time. And, if, and, it, and maybe sometimes you even set a timer. I'm going to work for an hour, and when the timer goes off, I'm putting it away, and I'm going to go spend time with my kids. When you create that schedule, it puts those boundaries around your time, and you're able to actually leave to walk away. So I, I would enc- encourage you.、Um, Angela Watson has cr-、um, offered to us. I'm so thankful. An incredible resource to help you look at your week. 
and to think, okay, what is a reasonable amount of hours to work this week to get done what I need to get done, to schedule that out, and to then stick to what you've scheduled. So I would encourage you to get that free guide. It's at teachfortheheart.com balance. I think that'll be really helpful. So uh, principle number five was use scheduling to create boundaries around your time. The last principle is actually not one. Those first five, Angela Watson calls those the big five. But I added one more because as I've been following the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, I've seen this principle sprinkled throughout all of it. And so the last principle is always be looking for small ways to save time because they add up. Sometimes we look at something and think, oh, it's not a big deal. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there, who cares? But the reality is that five minutes here and 10 minutes there and five minutes here and 10 minutes there quickly adds up to big changes. So always be on the lookout. If you can find a way to save five minutes, take it, add it to your repertoire. And then next week, if you can find a way to save 10 minutes, do it. Over time, you're really going to see some big results. And um, in one of these, it, later this season, I'm actually going to be sharing some of those specific little tips that can save time here and there to help you um, save time overall because they really do add up. Once again, thank you so much to Angela for sharing these tips. Um, in the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, she really dives into those and um, shows how they apply to all different aspects, to homework, to grading, to differentiation, to work-life balance, to all these different things. And so I'll be telling you a little bit more about the club later in this season. But for now, I hope you'll start thinking about these six principles and how they can apply to your life. Let's close in a word of prayer, and then I have some things to share. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'll please help these teachers as they're listening to these principles. I pray that you will just help them to find that balance that they need to take these principles and apply them. I pray that you'll show them right now just one or two ways that they could apply these principles to their lives right now. Even in the craziness of uh, if they're listening to this live, it's the end of the year and things are kind of crazy. I just pray that you'll help them, even in this craziness, to be able to find ways to apply these principles and just start seeing some small changes in their lives. In your name I pray. Amen. As I mentioned before, um, Angela Watson has offered, graciously offered that free guide, How to Choose a Target Number of Hours and Stick to It. Once again, that's at teachfortheheart.com balance. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you can do me a great favor by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, that will help more people find this podcast and be able to help more teachers. Hope you'll join us next week. We're going to be talking about eight ways to reduce distractions and disruptions during planning periods so you can actually get some work done. I'm looking forward to it. If you'd like the notes and links, you can find them all at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 14. Have a great week. And as always, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.